Hi, my name is Rosie. And my name is Jay. Mexico, along with the rest of the world, is struggling to deal with its growing health crisis. It all started on February 28th, when Mexico confirmed its first three cases. Since then, in mid-March, they had to shut down schools, sporting events, and delay the century-old tradition for the first time in history. The crisis has boomed to nearly 150,000 cases and over 16,000 deaths nationwide, making it seventh in global death count and the second highest toll in South America. These issues are especially tricky when it comes to one of their most vulnerable populations, the indigenous. There are around 67 different indigenous languages within Mexico. In the state of Oaxaca, one-third of the population speaks a native language. In Chiapas, it's 27% of the population that are indigenous, some of whom don't speak Spanish at all. Yet, relevant information about infections and preventative measures is not available in these languages. Not only are they endangered by their lack of knowledge, but by the nature of indigenous life. These communities often organize large traditional gatherings to mark special events and have multi-generational housing, which puts the elders at risk. Radios being the only source of communication between the government and the indigenous population due to illiteracy leaves tremendous room for error regarding connection and the slow spread of news, meaning many are not able to react in time. Further, as the UN reports that data is not available on the rate of infection in indigenous peoples, even where reporting and testing are available or not recorded by ethnicity, meaning the extent of the problem may not be fully reported. Isolated from the rest of the country, they also have to deal with inadequate healthcare systems that are not designed to deal with large numbers of viral infections. One community leader from Chiapas said, if that disease hits us, we will die because there are no medicines in hospitals. We have no doctors. There are no laboratories. Indigenous communities across Mexico have installed blockades and imposed curfews in a bid to protect their isolated towns from the new coronavirus. In areas of at least five of the country's states, there have been shutdowns in communities that are often used to self-organizing. While their isolation is key to their success in regards to health, this may result in greater economic deaths. As a consequence of protection, indigenous populations face a great deal of economic loss, which will lead to food shortages and supply shortages. See, I honestly, I'm, I'm curious to see the impact of economic deaths on the indigenous populations, because I do think that um, because they are so isolated from the rest of the world and they are like outdoors all the time, I do think they've experienced almost like biologically more natural selection in the sense that they might be, they might have stronger immune systems than um, the rest of the Mexican population that is more wealthy and more sheltered. So I think the greater source of death may not be the disease itself. It might be from the economy. I don't actually, okay, I am going to disagree with you because I think they would be more hurt by actually getting the disease. Like, I I understand kind of what you're saying about, like, their immune systems or whatever, but, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's exactly how the virus works. And since they are all living together, and, like, I think it it would kill a lot of like the like the guy said like they don't have the same access to medical resources and especially if some of these people don't speak spanish at all in their in their country you know sending them to a regular hospital would still like it would still have a bunch of problems like they wouldn't be able to communicate effectively with doctors 
it's really interesting to me how they how the indigenous population is kept so isolated from the wealthier population by a language it is it almost seems as though in order to oppress and to reduce the opportunities for indigenous people they've limited their education opportunities in, uh, in learning spanish but i don't think they necessarily see it that way i think i mean obviously like to a certain extent like they, the rich people don't want them to like come into regular society but the whole point of being an indigenous population is the idea that you know the community serves itself and they have what they need within their communities like I don't think their their goal is like economic growth in the same way we see it. Like they're not trying to have like a high GDP or something. Like they just want to like harvest their food and stuff. Yeah, that that is fair. But I think, but they clearly are lacking resources in the sense that they don't have hospitals and medicines. And I think that is really like I I think the language barrier is so big. And I think in some ways being in Mexico and knowing how to speak Spanish is a big privilege. In spite of it all, including this past week, Mexico saw its highest number of coronavirus cases and deaths. Hospital and morgue they're working to capacity, yet still the government is moving forward with plans to reopen key industries on Monday, June 15th. So, like, if you can't do that, then you're going to go under lockdown again at some point. And then that just means all the problems you had before come back, but two times harder because people are just getting out and now they're gone again. I think contact tracing is a really big sign of privilege as a nation because you have to be able to afford those tests and be able to, like, execute those tests rapidly and get results back rapidly. And Mexico doesn't have that infrastructure, at least not down south. I, I don't know. I don't know what the alter- alternative there, is. The alternative is that people die and that they screw themselves over repeatedly and cause more damage instead of invest- making that investment initially. But I don't think they are capable of making that investment initially. And that's why we're going to see this like really big broadening of um, the cleavages in Mexico, because I do think it's just going to hit indigenous populations much harder, whether it be through the deaths that they're going to experience because of the disease itself or the economic deaths. So... Mm. I do think this is going to lead a lot, lead to a lot of distrust, distrust amongst the indigenous population because, again, the government information that they are rece- receiving isn't any good, and 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 they're going to die, and they won't have explanations as to why because they aren't being informed correctly. There have also been little efforts to test people for the virus. Mexico ranks among the lowest in Latin America with just zero point four tests per one thousand people. I mean, there's clear incentive for Mexico to behave this way, to not acknowledge that there is a problem or to test people, right? You want to keep your numbers as low as possible. And so if there is a death in like in an isolated region and they couldn't care for the person properly, like I, I don't I don't think it's I think it's in order to maintain public image in the world. I think honestly, maybe like the the percentage of people who have it versus the people that are dying are not as drastic as the numbers make it look. But that's because they're not testing people. Because I think when I was researching, it said like a, it has an eleven point eight fatality rate, which like we know Does on the worldwide matter. scale, that's just not how that's just not accurate at all. Yeah. I think yes, there's an incentive in terms of like not showing that your numbers. True. Yeah. But at the same time, like, then you have fatality rates like that. 
And that could also turn people off just as quickly from investing or visiting because like, yeah. Then I guess it's just a resource issue, right? It's, it's just difficult. I think Mexico is such a large country and I think it's very difficult for them to have hospitals that reach every single area and to test people adequately. Like they were already in a mm-hmm. recession and those tests aren't cheap. And especially when you have populations that are isolated, like the indigenous or whatever, like, you know, you're not, you're not testing people like that. And while it's not good, it's, it's a little understandable. And I still don't think they should be opening right now, clearly. Like, I think uh, there are a couple articles that said that they don't like, based on statistics, they still might not have reached their peak. The economy is all well and good, but if people are still like dropping yeah, dead that, that, left that, and right, like I, I, that that doesn't support the economy yeah, either. Yeah, but that's just the trade off that they're making, right? For like, obviously, in the long, like I guess the mentality that these people are having is like, okay, we're just going to achieve herd immunity eventually, so might as well just let everyone loose, right? Like, I, I, there's no patience, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's right, but I think that is the mentality. The ideal is that you lock down once. And then you have it at at least a controllable enough population that you can do like contact tracing and whatnot and like keep it to that semi-isolated number of people. Although the executive decision to open up the economy might prevent some expansion of cleavages in the nation, it simply isn't enough. Cleavages between the indigenous and rich populations are only growing because the greatest amount of loss that the nation will experience will be carried on the backs of the poor. 